Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David on this week's episode of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. We are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. And we love talking about everything related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. Today, we're diving deep into a topic that's sure to pique your curiosity. We're talking about the delightful synergy of cannabis and anal play. Now, before you turn red like a ripe tomato, let's explore the incredible benefits that cannabis can bring to the table, or, well, the bedroom in this case. I am delighted to welcome my good friend and colleague, Tristan Taramino, one of the greatest anal advocates in history, to the show today so that she and I can share our love of anal and cannabis with all of you. Picture this. Relaxation, heightened sensitivity, enhanced pleasure, all in one tantalizing package. Cannabis, with its ability to soothe both body and mind, can open the door to a whole new world of sensuality and connection. Imagine the warm embrace of a high-quality lubricant infused with cannabis, easing tension and creating an enticing glide. Feel yourself melt into a state of delicious relaxation as cannabis enhances blood flow and heightens sensation, bringing waves of pleasure to new heights. As we do on every show, let me tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because no one wants to sleep in the wet spot. And squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And we now have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I am Ashley Manta, the canisexual, and I am so excited to welcome today's special guest. Tristan Taramino is an award-winning author, columnist, sex educator, speaker, media maker, and podcast host. She's the author of eight books and the editor or co-editor of 25 anthologies. She keynotes, lectures, and teaches workshops around the world. She's the host and executive producer of the long-running podcast Sex Out Loud, and her new memoir, A Part of the Heart Can't Be Eaten comes out in September of 2023. Tristan, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Ashley. It is absolutely my pleasure. So you have been a hero of mine in the sex educator field for a very long time. 
and you are the reigning queen of anal sex. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your anal origin story? How did you become the anal queen? Right, right, right. I mean, it's funny because uh, it started in college and essentially I had my first serious relationship with a woman and she was one of these people who was entirely non-judgmental, shame-free, and more experienced than I was. And so I felt like every night there was just a menu, but like one of those diner menus where there's like, <laughs> you can't imagine <laughs> that they can cook all of this food well, right? But apparently they can. Um, so it was one of those really big menus that it was like, what do you want to do today? Like, are we doing bondage? Are we doing strap-on sex? Are we doing role play? Um, and everything was sort of treated equally on the menu. Um, so nothing felt ta- taboo. Nothing felt like, oh, but if I pick that, like, mm, we got something. Um, so, so I had just fingers in my ass for the first time. And with those fingers in my ass and clitoral stimulation, I, it's like I had an out-of-body experience. Of course, I'd had orgasms before, but this felt like an all-over body orgasm that was rocking my world. I mean, really, <laughs> it, it, it really did. I thought, wait a second, you know, how have I been having sex up until now and not explored this part of my body? Because for me, coming out as queer kind of coincided with my own personal like sexual revolution. So these things happen kind of simultaneously. And, um, and so of course the, the, the first time I did it, it was amazing. Um, you know, we used lube, we went slowly. Um, so I realized that that's not typical often people have a really negative experience the first time. And then we have to go about sort of talking about how to kind of heal from that. But I had a really positive experience the first time. So I just wanted to do it like more and more and more and more. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So after I graduated college, um, I started doing this series called Best Lesbian Erotica for this small press, Cleus Press. And at some point, they sent, you know, a message, a call for proposals to all of their authors. And they said, we want to start a new sex book series, but we don't want to have these like encyclopedia like books where, you know, there's a different chapter on everything. We want them to be very focused on one particular topic. So if you could write about anything about sex, what would it be? Send us your proposal. And I knew exactly what I wanted mine to be, of course, because I was a huge anal fan. And at that point, only one book had been written about anal pleasure, written um, by an amazing guy who really broke ground in this case, Jack Morin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was you know, deeply embedded in the gay male community. And in fact, a lot of the information that I got about anal sex was from gay men right? Because they were talking about it and talking about it openly. And I was like, why is no one else talking about this? So I wrote a proposal for the ultimate guide to anal sex for women. And then I, you know, after it was all done, I thought, this is probably not, they're not going to do this. This is (laughs) way, way too out there. 
So I was pretty surprised when they said, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to start the series. So there's an Ultimate Guide series, which has been going on since the late 90s. That's still happening. I think the latest one is um, Seduction and and Foreplay uh, is the latest Ultimate Guide. And so, um, you know, I wanted to share my experiences. This is a book I wanted to have on my own bookshelf. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it. That's basically what happened. <laughs> it's so spectacular that you got to be the person to bring anal sex into a not just gay men's lens, right? Like it's so important to be able to talk about anal sex for women as something that we enjoy that is not just done performatively for our penetrating partners, especially in heterosexual constructs where – it's so much about like, I want to stick it in your ass because it's taboo and it's hot and it's dirty and it's tight, as opposed to I want to give you pleasure with this part of your body and help you explore pleasure with this part of your body. So like, it sounds like such an empowered way of approaching anal, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. I think that the mythology and, and, and mythology about anal sex continues, but, it, but, but the dialogue really has shifted. But the mythology was every guy wants to do it, which, by the way, isn't true. It's not true. And women are are tolerating it, are putting up with it for the sake of their partner's pleasure. And that entirely discounts this super, super sensitive part of our bodies, which is actually can be orgasmic for many of us. It for sure can. And some of my fondest memories of anal came much later in life because I had a very similar early experience to the sort of trope that you see of it hurts, it's for them, it doesn't feel good at all. You just kind of grit your teeth and get through it until they're done. And so I thought for the longest time that I didn't like receiving anal. And it really actually was cannabis that allowed me to enjoy receiving anal for the first time because I used a cannabis suppository and suddenly – smooth muscle of the internal sphincter had relaxed without becoming numb. And we'll talk about pro tips later, but like we never, ever numb the ass. No, nope, we don't <laughs> use numbing ever. like lube or any lube that's like anal ease or any of that. You don't use it. Um, but relaxation is a big part of this. It's a big, big part of it. And, you know, I think I think all of us these days are running a little anxious. I'm just going to put yeah. it out there. I'm just going to put I it would out say there so. that, that everyone has anywhere from some to a lot of anxiety for good reason. Yes. Um, and the truth is, you know, anxiety and sex do not mix. No. You know, they just, they just don't. I mean, sometimes it takes you out of your body, you know, um, and other times it just has you kind of like rolling a tape in your head that doesn't help you relax, let go, ease into something. And all those things are so important for anal, just that whole process of being like, I'm going to go with this and see where it takes me and see how it feels. So, I, I mean, it makes sense that cannabis and anal go well together because cannabis has all these properties that I th feel like, you know, can really help people get into like the right frame of mind. Because I think that's what people often also don't understand is like, it sort of starts in your brain. 
You know what I mean? Yes, it absolutely starts in your brain. If you're preoccupied, if you're worried, if you're anxious, if you're not sure, all of that is going to affect how your body responds. So it's like your, your whole brain has to be into it and at the very least curious about it and willing to sort of explore it. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, your body's going to kind of follow suit. Yes. Yes. Your body will follow your brain. Your autonomic nervous system, you know, is the thing that controls your internal sphincter, right? Like for those who don't know, a little quick anatomy lesson, you have two sphincter muscles, the internal and the external. The external is the one that you clench when you're nervous, when you're like, oh, fuck, I, I overslept and I'm, I'm late for an important meeting. That one, yeah, that's that's your external sphincter. But the internal one is entirely controlled by your autonomic nervous system. And so it knows if you are low-level anxious or if you're not feeling safe with your partner or if you're still ruminating about the fight that you had two nights ago. Like, it will stay clenched <laughs> no matter how much warm-up and coaxing and, and lube you want to use. And so one is you do have to listen to your body. And sometimes the ass is just not going to cooperate and you have to honor that. But the other piece is like shifting your mindset so that you do feel safe and present and comfortable and making sure that all of those other extraneous factors kind of quiet down. And and cannabis does help you kind of get right here in this moment. And you're not thinking about all of the laundry list of things that you need to do. So I, I love cannabis for that, for anal, for so many reasons, but that is definitely. I like that you said you have to listen to your body. Obviously, I feel like that's really important. And also as someone who does anal a lot, or or maybe I want to say more than the average person, I don't know. It's a big part of my sex life. It's a big part of pleasure for me. You know, sometimes my ass is just like, yeah, no. (laughs) Just your ass can be sort of finicky. And it's like, but yesterday we took this big dildo. And today it's like that one finger. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. So that's another thing to to think about is just that if you come up against a situation where you're like, my ass does not seem to like this, it could be just having a day as we all have days, right? as we all have <laughs> days. Um, and so it's worth a kind of, you know, retrying it um, because sometimes it really is just about sort of the planets aligning. It is. You you have to surrender, I think, when it comes to anal. And not like surrender to your partner, but surrender to your body. Surrender to your own governing forces and just let it be what it is and not be attached to outcomes. And oh, well, it's date night and I promised and we were so looking forward to this and all of the kind of – because that's just going to make it more challenging to get to those places right. if you put that pressure on yourself. That's also why I tell people, listen, if you're having any reservations, any anxiety, any worry, take this off the table for partner sex. Bring this into your solo sex life. Because when you're by yourself, you can experiment with all different types of things. You can be like, oh, that feels awful. You don't have this heightened sense of performance. You don't have this desire to please your partner, right? You are your partner. And so you just want to please yourself and you can go about it in whatever ways you want. So I say, don't put the pressure on yourself, right? Start a practice that's solo, explore what you like. And then when you're ready, you also have a lot more information to give your partner. 
right? Exactly. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, I tried this in and out, in and out, but actually I think I I prefer a butt plug. I just like the feeling of fullness and pressure. Um, Or I really like to warm up with this toy. Every time I warm up with this toy, it feels really good and I'm ready for more. I mean, then you have information. And, And as a lover and as a partner, when people give me information, I mean, it's a gift. Wow. Tell me exactly how you like to be done and I will do it. Yes. <laughs> now I can fumble around and make some guesses and try some things that are like in my, you know, bag of tricks. But <laughs> certainly when people know their bodies really well, it, I feel like it, it automatically kind of gives you a roadmap, right? And I feel like, oh, we're going in the right direction and I'm not just guessing here. Exactly. I I love that you said that because I think giving people cheat codes is one of the greatest gifts you can give to a partner. And, you know, I tell people all the time when you're trying to figure out what cannabis strains and products work best for you, the best place to do that is when you're masturbating because you have like a really nice closed container with limited variables and you don't have to worry about if it's them or the cannabis or you or, you know, you can really kind of zero in on what's happening. And so to do the anal exploration solo first is also a great idea to yeah. just figure out in and out does not work for me. I don't like the sensation of the out is what I've learned. Oh, okay. See, so this is, this is like pertinent to your taste. <laughs> it is. It is. I like the feeling of fullness. I like someone to be all the way in and then just kind of humping into me yeah. without coming all the way all out. out. Yeah. That feels fantastic. That's, you know, stimulating my clitoral legs. That's hitting my, yeah. you know, the back of my clit. It's it's wonderful. But in and out feels uncomfortable to too, me. Too much. Yeah. Too much. And I like a really slow out. Mm-hmm. I like a, oh my God, you're feeling like every single millimeter of a dick or a dildo or a toy. I like a real slow out and then a slow in. If someone has the patience to do that. That really works for me. I love that. And the patience piece is crucial. And that's why I say all the time when I teach anal classes, which I think I learned from you, is like, it's really about the receiver's pleasure. Absolutely. Unless you've negotiated otherwise. Yeah, about the receiver being in charge, which I think Mm -hmm. we're not always used to. We have these pretty strict and rigid ideas about gender roles and about sex roles. And it's like, I am fucking you, right? Instead of, I am really all about your pleasure. We're going to go at your pace. You're going to tell me, you know, what you like, how you like it. If you want something different, if you want something more, um, all of those things, it really, you have to turn it over to the receiver because it's their ass. Yes. I like to say you get to micromanage your own asshole. (laughs) And I don't like to be micromanaged at work in work situations, but I will be micromanaged by a lover. Absolutely. (laughs) For sure. Like who knows their body better than they do. And if they need more lube or if they need the pacing to shift a little bit, or if they need something bigger, they're going to know that first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it so much. So you are also a feminist pornographer and among your many talents. Have you ever seen on set when someone comes in for an anal scene and like it's just not the day for it? So, I mean, for the most part, I really wouldn't cast someone 
who A, doesn't have a lot of experience with anal and B, doesn't really love it. You yeah. know, I, there are people who do anal because they can, but, and, you know, and they can perform well and they're not, you know, they're not in pain, but right. it's just like, eh, not their thing. And I'm more interested, especially in my anal movies, of people who are like, oh, this can make me come like crazy. Oh, this feels really good. This is really intense for me. So I would say that, yeah, no one's sort of shown up on the set um, except potentially my very, very first movie. So I don't want to give this away but because I write about it in my memoir. <laughs> someone who had never done anal on camera before was in my first movie. And it was like a plot point that um, I was sort of supposed to bring her to the dark side. And if I could get her to enjoy anal, then John, who is my executive producer, would make my movie. So um, I think that was probably the roughest uh, experience I've had. And then there was a lot of stop and start. And there were nerves. There were clearly, clearly nerves. And, um, God, you know, having been my very first film that I directed and also performed in, cause I was, I was fucking her in the ass. Um, (laughs) It's also like, I'm in the scene and I'm directing it. And I just didn't have the knowledge or the experience or just the hours in the trenches to figure out how do I make this a really great experience for her. Um, and of course, I can only do so much, right? And then it's like, sure. if, if she's nervous, she's nervous. So in the end, it worked out okay. But I wouldn't say, I kind of imagined in my naive way that like she'd be a complete convert at the end. It would be like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm singing the praises of anal. All I want to do is anal now. I don't think that's <laughs> how it turned out. But um, that's the ultimate guide to anal sex for women, which is the movie version of my book. You can still stream that online, people. So if you want to see it firsthand. <laughs> Go check it out. That is yeah. a not to be missed piece yeah. of media yeah. history. And and it makes sense. And, it, you know, it's funny that you said, like, not having the time in the trenches. So, like, even you, who at that point still was someone who had written the book, who was a sex educator, that you didn't know all the things and didn't have a ton of experience yet. Like the average civilian, that's people who are not sexuality professionals, folks. That's all of you who are listening. No offense. It's just real. Um, You have almost no experience and no education and no, you know, even if you've had a lot of anal sex in your life, you're still dealing with, with a lot of there's what you don't know is far outweighs what you do know. And yeah. and so having empathy for yourself and your partner that it's not always going to go to plan and it, that's okay. And because up until that point, two things, one, I feel like I got with partners who were super, super enthusiastic about anal. Um, and two, I, it wasn't being filmed. <laughs> Right? The oh, being filmed. That's a whole other. I mean, I said partnered sex, there's more pressure. It's like, and what about partnered sex with cameras, with people standing in the room, with everyone like looking at their watch? I mean, yeah. So there, I, th- I think there was just a lot of pressure on her, you know, to make it great. And I think we made it good. And sometimes that's the best you can do. Sometimes that's the best you can do. Yeah. Now, let's hang on for a second. We do need to do a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, and we will be right back. 
This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual. We are talking with author, educator, and anal queen, Tristan Taramino. Stay there. I'll be right back. Now let's tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for this year and next year. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with Topless Travel. From Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise adventures, Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. And of course, their trips are all about pushing boundaries, exploring your naughty side, and meeting and partying with tons of sexy fun people. Let's just shout out to all their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, and we know they're all there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. You betcha. And you're going to find us on many of the topless travel trips but listen up we'll be back at hedonism 2 for their topless hedonistic halloween event from october 21st to 28th 2023 it's going to be a pre-halloween week-long bash and we'd love for you to join us there and for 2024 topless travel is putting together not one but two bucket list trips from which we will of course be broadcasting first we're going to be exploring the ancient pyramids of egypt followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the nile from march 2nd to 13th 2024 and on the second bucket list trip we'll be heading to kenya for an african safari to witness the great migration glamping in the wild savannah from september 2 to 11 2024 space is very limited on both of these trips and there's only a few spots left absolutely so if you don't want to miss out on any of these amazing trips with some awesome, sexy, fun, open-minded friends, then go and book your spot today. Do it before it's too late. And for more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, you can go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Just do it. And before we forget, we want to invite you to join us with April and Scott from the Naughty Gym as they host their first full takeover of Hedonism 2 in Jamaica for the week of January 6th to 13th, 2024. We're going to be there broadcasting on location for their first one-of-a-kind Sexy Fitness Week. And for more information about this, please go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta, the canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David today. Now, let's get back to our show with author and educator Tristan Taramino. So, now that we've had a little foreplay, <laughs> let's get into some of the things that make anal daunting for people, both like kind of culturally and then more like physiologically. What are the barriers? <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because the taboo element of anal sex is kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like for some people, they like to do it because it's naughty, because they were taught you don't play with someone else's butthole, you know, because it's like that's not what that's for, you know, it's only penis and vagina. So for some people, that taboo gives it an extra charge, it is a turn on in and of itself. Whereas for other people, that kind of presents a barrier that they kind of have to get through. And I think most people can get through it simply with the knowledge and information about the ass being an erogenous zone, Mm -hmm. about all of these areas from the anal opening to just inside to the rectum are all really rich in nerve endings, really respond to different kinds of stimulation and feel 
feel really good. I mean, they feel, it feels really good. And so I think that people have to be willing to sort of like get over this notion that again, it's not going to feel good or it's only going to feel good to the giver, but not the receiver and really be ready to kind of um, break through if that's a barrier for you. That's kind of some of the emotional and psychological stuff. I mean, the other thing that we have to keep in mind is that because the ass is so sensitive, because it has so many nerve endings, it's also delicate. And so yes. if we if we compared the ass to a vulva and vagina, um, we've got to take more care with it, right? Yes. Um, you have to use lube. Lube is non-negotiable for the ass. Um, you know, pussies get wet um, at very different rates and quantities. And some pussies, it's like they don't need lube, right? Sure. Even though sure. I use lube for everything. Same. Um, but but some people are like, no, I really just don't need it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My pussy's wet. Um, and so this is not true. The ass, the ass mm-hmm. does not get wet or lubricates. So you absolutely a hundred percent need lube, need lube, need lube. And this could be water-based lube. It could be silicone lube. It could be a hybrid. Um, in this case also, because it's not going in the vagina, I would even say that you could use an oil-based lube if you're not using condoms and safer sex barriers that are latex. Totally. Um, So, you know, the great Betty Dodson was really into (laughs) coconut oil, like towards the end. You know, she was like, I am singing the praises and I will not go back. Um, And we found that coconut oil, except with safer sex um, barriers, is quite... Uh, is quite safe for for the yeah, body. Absolutely. Yeah. So so you need lube. You absolutely need lube. And I think the other thing you need is a lot of warm-up. Yes. I think this is true personally for every kind of sex I have. It's like if if I'm not even undressed yet and you're gonna go right for my clit, uh no. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I know. I mean I need warm-up and I need like all the blood to rush to the area and get engorged and be even ready for stimulation. Yes. Right. So yeah. So there's no just like grabbing my clit or just like sticking something in, in my vagina. And and the same is for my ass and all of your asses <laughs> is you really have to slow down and you really have to take your time and warm up. And I think in general, we don't take enough time for sex We are on the go, go, go. We're stressed. It's the end of the day and we're fucking tired. Whatever it is, most people, I think, rush sex. Most people definitely rush sex. And especially heterosexual people and and penis owners in particular tend to try to have sex the way that they experience pleasure, right? So they want you to go straight for their dick a lot of the time. Now Mm -hmm. we're painting in broad strokes. Not everyone's like this, but like broadly, right? touch my dick right now. That's what, what I, that's what I want. Touch my dick, touch my balls, touch my ass. Like they, they want you to go straight to it. They want that like pistoning in and out sensation because that's what feels best. So like, even when I'm receiving like fingers inside of my body, I tend to see a lot of this in and out motion because it's mimicking what they do or what they want and what feels good for them. And I think that the best sex and, you know, I've had plenty of heterosexual and queer sex I think queer sex is a much more broad and nuanced approach to erotic relating because it's more holistic. It takes its time. 
there is more warm up and it's not just the clit and the pussy and the dick and the, you know like it's it's like you're a whole person not just a collection of talented holes yes like, yes I mean, don't get me wrong, like queer people can just bang it out and have sure. a quickie and all of that stuff. But I think also, if you're not thinking of PIV or P in the ass intercourse as like the kind of goal, the kind of, you know, dead end or, or magic place that you're headed towards. <laughs> um, if you're, I don't even know why I said dead end. That sounded not sexy. Um, <laughs> if you don't, think of like, we're, we're all leading up to that. And you just kind of relish each other's bodies. Yes. Explore. You know what I mean? Like figure out, oh my God, it's the back of her knee that she likes just licked and nibbled on or your ears or your tits and your nipples. I mean, there's so many places on our bodies to explore. We do get fixated on genitals and I think we miss out first of all. And I really firmly believe if you get someone super turned on, you are halfway there with anal. I mean, if you get someone super, super turned on, and this is a great feeling in general, but it's like, they are like, bring it on, right? And they want all the things. They're really stimulated. um, They're really relaxed. They're into it. And so those are the moments when it's like, okay, we can maybe explore something new here because your arousal is so high. Absolutely. There is nothing more appealing than a hungry hole. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And a hungry person. Just a hungry person. And a hungry person, person. Who, you know, I love it when when you can sort of see it in someone's eyes or they say it. They're begging or they're doing whatever mm. they're doing. But that they've, like, lost a little bit of control. Yes. That the, that the desire has taken over. And it's yes. like, I would lose my job to fuck you right now. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> primal frenzied lust. Yes, yes. Primal and just – and irrational, right? Yes. The, we've override the brain that is that is the rational part of the brain. And you're just sort of – you're behind you're, – you're beside yourself. And you're in the moment. And those are always great times to say, okay, like – with consent, and you've talked about it beforehand. For sure, those are times to say, "Okay, maybe now is the time to try a finger in your butt." Right? Yeah. yeah. It's been such a cool trajectory, and I, I largely credit cannabis for this as well. Like my lover that I just started seeing last year went from having never had anything in his ass to having like a finger and being like, "That's interesting," and then having me, who is is quite the prostate whisperer in my own right thanks to you. <laughs> and and now he's like regularly fucking himself with dildos and and wanting more fingers and like it's so hot to watch someone's anal awakening happen kind of in real time and to see like oh if i smoke a joint and like i put an anal suppository in all of a sudden i'm ravenous to be penetrated and filled. Yeah. And it's like yes, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> No, I mean, anyone's sort of sexual awakening around anything is exciting. But I also feel like if you get into anal, like you've got this whole other world to explore. Yes. You know, and let's not forget about rimming. I mean, you know, I feel like rimming is treated as kind of like only warm up or only a type of foreplay. Um, rimming is like sort of leading to something else, but no, what about just an amazing rim job and a fucking orgasm? Yeah. 
that feels amazing. So I, I also think you can sort of make it what you want. Like, do you want to get pounded out by something big and something powerful going in your ass? Or do you want some external stimulation, a little vibrator just around the anal opening, a great rim job, and then come? Absolutely. Like there, there is a range to be explored. And I think cannabis helps us slow down so that we can be present and be willing to explore it. And, and then you can really feel into the subtleties. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things that I learned from Dr. Charlie Glickman is like, whatever you're doing with anal, slow it down by half or by half of that. And, and those just micro movements, because it's such a densely enervated area, they feel so much more profoundly than than any other part of your body. And so you can really get into a lot of just gentle, tiny movements, and that can unlock pleasure that you never imagined. It does not have to be these like hardcore pounding anal experiences yeah. that we see in porn. I mean, this is this gets back to what I said. Remember I said, you said I don't like in and out. And right. I think I like in and out, but where I can feel every centimeter, millimeter, whatever it is. Yes. I mean, the idea that you are treating it as if you're going in slow motion, mm-hmm. I feel every, just everything come alive. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, real turn on for me. And sometimes it can make me come. Um, and so, I mean, I, I fully agree. I, I guess I think anal is like a good practice for slowing down. And then you may want to rethink slowing down in other areas and slowing down with other kinds of practices. I am such an advocate for slow sex. I, you know, everybody loves a quickie sometimes and that's all well and good and and it has its place. But if you can set aside an hour plus to just enjoy each other and just explore every subtle sensation, whether it's lips or fingertips or, you know, maybe you don't insert anything at all. It's just gliding over the body that that can be so erotic and pleasurable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of my past lovers, we used to joke that our quickie was an hour and a half because we could never get it down to shorter than that. (laughs) Same. Couldn't do it. Like that was, that was our quickie. Our quickie involved some pretty intense and slow and gradual process. And, um, and, and so we just sort of revi- resigned ourselves to, listen, this feels amazing. So if we never have a quickie or this is the definition of our quickie, great. Great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think having – being able to set aside that kind of time. Not everyone can, you know, life, work, kids, mm-hmm. whatever you've got going on, but – if you can give yourself the gift of time and really just enjoy every moment of it, whether it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 90 minutes or plus. <laughs> well, I also, I, I, so let me tell you how you can have an anal quickie. Tell me about okay, an anal yeah. quickie, Tristan. Oh, I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. Because again, people are pressed for time. Um, so I think there is a way for you to have an anal quickie if The person on the receiving end does a bunch of masturbating, solo sex, putting stuff in their ass before you get there. I mean, first of all, I think it's super sexy when you like come to bed with someone and they have a butt plug in because it's like, oh, 
what have you been thinking about? And what have you been doing? <laughs> you know, since I was like loading the dishwasher. Um, <laughs> and so, and if you've really taken your time and you've had a butt plug in, you have fingers, whatever kinds of toys you like to use, then you can start at a different place, right? right. You can start with one finger, two fingers, depending on the size of the hands. Sure. Um, and it can move and progress more quickly. And that's a fantasy for people also. You know, like there's a fantasy of like, just fucking stick it in. I'm so turned on, just stick it in. Now, in order to make that fantasy a reality and also take care of your body, you've got to do the prep work. But it is possible for someone to come in, you know, in the in the second half hour. <laughs> there must be like a sports metaphor or something to that, but I don't know what it is. Um, and then, and start from a different place. Um, which can be super sexy. And also, not for nothing, it can also give you a really good idea if like tonight's the night. Mm-hmm. So as you play with yourself, you're going to be like, okay, what what's the temperature here? How's my ass doing? How tight is it? Um, how, you know, is all the stress of the day bundled in my butt? Or can I start to let this go, let it unfold? And then you have a real good sense, I think, of how how far you can go. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I hear from a lot of people who are sort of new to anal or nervous about exploring anal is what about the poop? Mm, Right? Yes. To which we respond, shit happens. But also, (laughs) (laughs) I think having that preparation that you're doing, it's all in service of making the anal experience better. So if you are worried about that, then doing whatever you need to do with diet, making sure you're getting lots of fiber, kind of broadly, day of, you know, maybe you go a little bit lighter on snacks, you maybe douche if you so choose a few hours in advance. A few hours, not right before. Not right before. hours. (laughs) Why is that, Tristan? Why do you not douche right before? Right. So, (laughs) So it's like you shoot this water up your ass, you know, with an enema or an anal douche, And the idea is that it's like loosening everything up and it's also sort of stimulating whatever's being stored in the colon to come through the rectum. And there are times when you have to go to the bathroom right away, right? It's like your body responds right away and you're like, okay, oh my God, I I have to go to the bathroom right away. And you go to the bathroom a few times, a few times, and you're like, okay, I think think this process has ended. I don't Mm -hmm. have an urgency to go anymore. So like, let's go do something else. And then an hour later, your body may be like, actually, there's some, there's been some water. We've, we've absorbed it. We didn't like evacuate everything. And so if you do an enema right before anal play, it's more likely to be messy than if you never did an enema to begin. That's, you know, that's the trick. So I always say at least two or three hours before your hot anal sex date. That is the way to go. So if you're kind of planning out your anal sex date day, two to three hours you do the enema or the douche, then about an hour before you insert a cannabis suppository and maybe a butt plug. Mm-hmm. Well, warm and up, warm up, unless it's warm a up. Oh, yeah. butt plug. Whatever yeah. you need yeah. to do to warm up to make that happen. The, yeah. the suppository can just happen. Like yeah. you can put that in. Warm up, put in the butt plug, and then – you know, kind of start to tease, start to get your head in the right space, have the negotiation conversations about what's on the table, assemble your supplies so you're not fumbling wildly in the middle of it. Make sure you have your gloves and your 
different kinds of lube that are compatible with the toys that you're using, if that's a thing, or oils that work with nitrile condoms and barriers instead of latex, you know, things like that. And then if it works, yay. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. The prep was not wasted. You still were taking care of yourself, which is always a win. Yeah. And I love to, you know, get a butt plug in my ass, whether it's by myself or with a partner, and then do a bunch of other stuff. Then do oral sex, even um, vaginal intercourse. I mean, the butt plug is essentially doing the work for you, right? It's it's really getting the butt used to having something inside it. So there's like plenty of things that I like to do before I penetration of my ass starts at all, except for the butt plug. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's just remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David today. And we are having an amazing discussion with author, sex educator, and anal queen, Tristan Terramino. But now, let me tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. I am a sex and relationship coach, obviously specializing in sex and cannabis. I work with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Shannon Chavez, on retreats, mostly for women, also for couples. And she and I offer concierge coaching for high-achieving individuals and couples where you can actually come work with a sex therapist and a coach for a day, a weekend, or even a whole week. And we will deep dive into every crevice of your mind and body not hands-on, but <laughs> but metaphorically, to help you feel more empowered, to help you shed shame, to help you challenge and reframe limiting beliefs, and to ultimately leave feeling like the best and most evolved version of your sexual self up to this point in your life. And so if you're curious about that, visit my website, canisexual.com, or follow me on Instagram at canisexual or Shannon at Dr. Shannon Chavez on Instagram or drshannonchavez.com. And now back to the show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and I'm Ashley Manta. Let's get back to author, educator, and anal queen, Tristan Taramino. Tristan, tell me some more anal stories. I just love your stories so much. <laughs> oh my gosh, you love my stories. I mean, you know, I think if I had to kind of rank you know, what are the best anal experiences I've ever had? I think they all have a couple things in common, right? Mm -hmm. uh, lots of warm up, yep. lots of communication, plenty of lube. Mm -hmm. um, for me, once I have some kind of clitoral stimulation, whether it's with my hand, my partner's hand, a vibrator, a tongue, that kicks it up into like 10th gear for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it just really, like, I can definitely have stuff in my ass and it feels really good. And then when you add clitoral stimulation, it's like, okay, it, it, it's on now. <laughs> it's totally on now. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, for me, there are really specific ingredients, right? Yeah. Um, and one of them is frame of mind and, and being relaxed and having negotiated and also feeling like my partner is really taking the time right, is, is really, really taking the time um, to go slowly, to pace themselves, um, and to not rush it. Um, yeah, I feel like all of those things to me are contributors to a really great, hot anal sex date. 
I could not agree more. And I'm going to tell everyone my first anal enjoyable sexual experience. I think I may have told you the story, but if not, here it is. Here it is. So it was probably four years ago now. It was pre-pandemic. And I was with an ex-partner out at this beautiful resort in the desert in Borrego Springs where you can see the stars. And it was just like lovely and romantic. And we decided that we were going to have a weekend full of sex and altered states. (laughs) So we had cannabis, we had MDMA, we had all sorts of different things. And he has a very girthy cock. And one of those cocks that doesn't get to get anal very often because it's so girthy, because someone takes one look at it and goes, oh, fuck no. (laughs) Except you. You would look at it and go, oh, fuck yes. I just happen to be, I mean, I feel very, you know, I know my body really well and I am not a size queen in my pussy at all. Mm -hmm. Like in praise of average size dicks for my pussy. Um, but I can take something bigger in my ass. I just yes. can. And the, and the rectum is longer than the vaginal canal and there is no cervix. So, I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. But anyway, a, a Coke, you know, a Coke can, a really thick, wide, girthy. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to get in there. Sure. It's tough to get in there. It takes a lot. So we had brought a series of butt plugs with us, started out with fingers. I had inserted not one, but two cannabis suppositories. So I was like, we are really going to stack the deck in my favor. So did that, waited the 20, 25 minutes, did a lot of, of other stimulation that I liked in the meantime, making out, breast massage, pussy massage, feeling really safe, smoking, just feeling wonderful. Started with fingers, put in a plug, did some more making out, put in a bigger plug, did some more making out. And then we did a couple of things that really helped. One is he lay on his back and I straddled him and lowered myself down slowly. That was key for me. I had only ever seen anal in like doggy style or with the penetrator being the one in the sort of power position, Mm -hmm. if you will. And being the one on top allowed me to have complete control over speed of penetration and depth. And I could just ease myself down and breathe and look into his eyes and feel really held and safe. And so I get all the way in and I'm like, okay, that felt not as bad as I thought it was going to. It didn't hurt because you never want it to hurt. If it hurts, you stop. But it was like that kind of like right on the edge of like, okay, yeah, it, it doesn't feel good yet, but it doesn't hurt. Got in. And I'm kind of like grinding around and I start playing with my clit as I'm grinding into his cock. And no more than 30 seconds later, I gush all over him and my eyes snap open because I am not a squirter. Oh. Oh. So the idea that anal sex made me squirt for the first time was like a revelation to me. And I'm like, I actually, even in my sex educator brain was like, did I just pee on you? Like, what the fuck just happened? And so I'm like continuing and he's like, whatever, we have a waterproof blanket down. It's fine. Like, keep going. More clitoral stimulation. Another minute later, another huge gush. Four times, Justin, I gushed all over this man from anal. And I'm like, what is happening? Between the third and fourth time, I was like, you know what? Let's really go for this. I, I'm going to put a, a dildo in my pussy. So I'm DPing myself 
Yeah, and, and, and just that's more pressure. It's more pressure on the G spot, on the front wall. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh my God. <laughs> I did not know such things were possible. I was in such awe of like, I can't believe that my body is doing this. How is that even happening? And then, of course, um, because I'm a cheeky bitch, I played the song Baptize Me from Book of Mormon <laughs> as we were sort of laying in the puddle afterwards. <laughs> so that was that was my entree into actually really enjoying anal stimulation. <laughs> I love this story. I love it. I love it. Well, my very favorite porn star um, from the late 90s, early 2000s, her name was Chloe, and she could also squirt from anal play. And, you know, it just kind of had to be the right, well, the right dick, you know, Mm -hmm. the right person who kind of knew all her spots, um, the right position, and she could squirt a huge amount. Um, so it's, it's, it's not unheard of that people squirt from anal play. Um, and I, that just sa- it just sounds like so magical. Is that it really was. It sounds really like the stars and you're like, <laughs> and you're like looking into his eyes and you're like squirting. I mean, it just, it sounds very magical, but I, I also take your point about the position, mm-hmm. right? It's like, the thing with doggy style being associated with anal, w- the only problematic part of that is that doggy style is one of the positions that you can go the deepest. Right. It's one of the positions where the giver has the most power. They can mm-hmm. put on, like their entire weight behind a thrust. And so it's not ideal, especially for beginners. It's no. not an ideal position right? It's, you're going to go too deep, too fast, too hard, all, all the things that like are, could make it potentially negative and not feel good. Absolutely. So this, this position where you're on top and you're controlling everything, as you said, um, you know, it's a, it's a great one, I think for beginners, it's a great one. And it really puts you in the driver's seat and it really lets you take your time. Um, yeah, yeah. And we know that communication is so crucial for anal and every other sex act. But when you're in doggy style, you're facing away from the person. They can't see your face and your voice is going that way. Right. And I have had many times when I was pegging a partner doggy style that they said something and I couldn't hear them. I just – because they were sort of moaning into the pillow or like talking into the mattress. And I'm like, no, I need you to be able – like I need us to have a mirror or like – hand signals or something. Maybe just because- a little uh, wireless Janet Jackson. Right, like, exactly. A little speaker. <laughs> I like that. Yes. So yeah, doggy style is, you know, we see it a lot in porn. And I love, don't get me and wrong. It's great. There's nothing wrong with it. I love some doggy style. But to start, not necessarily the best way to start. And especially if you're a beginner, not necessarily the position to try first. No. No, not at all. The other thing that I really like about cannabis is afterward. Like, let, let's talk a little bit about aftercare. So you did the anal scene. You had the fun. You did the thing. You had whatever pleasure you were going to have. How do you take care of the ass and the person <laughs> immediately after and in the hours and days that follow? Right, right. I mean, the thing that we have to keep in mind is that you just put all that lube in your ass. 
Yeah. Now, if it's water-based lube, a lot of it is going to be absorbed by the tissue. Mm-hmm. If it is silicone-based lube, it's not, right? right? So that lube has to come back out. So I, I like to say, you know, no white satin pants for a few days. Right. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite, I mean, I have, I have bidets on both of my toilets and just like a little rinse after, you know, if you can't like take a whole shower, I think just rinsing everything, by the way, this is also good for your pussy and for preventing UTIs. Um, mm-hmm. Just like flush it out and give it a little sprinkle of water. Um, I also really like witch hazel wipes. Mm-hmm. So these are no these are marketed as hemorrhoidal wipes. So it's like you know the big popular brand and there's like the off brands. And basically it's just a baby wipe with um diluted witch hazel and it's mm-hmm. very soothing, never irritating to that to to what could be a a sore or just really well used butt, right? Mm-hmm. And so I really like to have those on hand at all times. Um they just feel really good. You can also kind of use it like a compress. In other mm-hmm. words, if your butt is feeling like, oh my God, that was so much. Um, you know, you can take a couple of them, stack a couple of them, and then just press them against the opening um, and stay there for a bit. I think that can feel really good. And then I think, you know, checking in. I mean, everyone needs something different for aftercare. Do you need some water? Do you need a snack? Do you need me to cuddle you? Do you need some verbal affirmation? I mean, everyone's different, right? And some combination of of all those. So I think that's sort of something that you need to work on your on your with your partner. You need to ask, what do you need right now? And of course, it can also vary, right? Sure. What I needed last night is not what I need today because I'm feeling more vulnerable, less vulnerable, um, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think just talking through your partner, like what might you need? I like the covers um, because I can get hot during sex, but in general, I I run cold. And Mm -hmm. so I definitely like, even if it's just a sheet, I like a cover. It feels Mm -hmm. very um, cozy to me and and like nurturing and sweet. Um, Yeah. I love all of those things. And, you know, to put my witchy hippie hat on for a second, when you are fucking the ass, like that is root chakra, right? This is this is your base of security and safety. And so it can figuratively and sometimes literally shake some shit loose. You know, it can bring things up that maybe you've had repressed for a long time. It can it can cause you to feel incredibly vulnerable. It can also make you feel incredibly close to your partner. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But I have definitely had anal hangovers the next day where I'm feeling very tender and very much in need of petting and affirmations and reassurance that you still love me and this was fun for you and you want to do this again someday. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. No, it's a good point. It really is a good point. And I think that's the power of anal sex, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the power of it is it can be incredibly intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, it could feel special, like it's something you don't do all the time, or it's something you've only done with a few partners, or maybe just sure. this one partner. And that, you know, kicks it up a level, right? It does. Um, and and can make it a little scarier. 
Um, so I think, yeah, I think anal sex is powerful on so many different levels and we're on the same page about that. We're totally on the same page about that as with many things that we are on the same page about. Also, we didn't mention this earlier, but it really bears noting that the ass is a final destination. We don't go from ass to vag. We don't go from ass to mouth. We don't go from like having fingers in an ass to fingers somewhere like, Nope. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And and this is one of the things uh, in porn that is like, do not try this at home. Yes, thank right? you. Um, I mean, one of the things is you often don't see warm up, warming mm-hmm. up of the ass, right? The, he, the, he's just sort of a dude enters the frame with a hard dick and it just boom. Right, slides right in. Uh, and by the way, that's not what's happening in real life. It's just that all the warm up is cut out of the final edit. Right. Um, but yeah, there's bacteria that lives in your ass that doesn't want to live in your mouth, doesn't want to live in your vagina, um, and can cause an infection, right? Yeah. So it's like a, a couple things. I mean, if you wear latex gloves, like I'm someone who really likes latex gloves, I find them sexy. Um, and also, I, I you know, when I'm not sure about my manicure, when I'm like, oh, should I have trimmed this more, this nail, I, I'll just put gloves on and I'll be fine. Yes. So one thing you could do is also just be like, my right hand is for your ass and my left hand is for your pussy. So that's the thing where you could go back and forth or do them at the same time. Um, right. But otherwise, yeah, you got to... You got to wash up. No, no. Ba- and no ass to pussy. I mean, oh my God, I ever. know we see it in porn, but it is not good and is not healthy. It's not good. It's not healthy. And if you're rimming, you need to go Listerine your mouth yes. before kissing, before yes. licking anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good. Glad that we got that like anal safety. No, it's good that you brought that up. Good that you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> can't can't leave without making sure that everyone's got that clarity. So, cannabis can be an incredible ally when it comes to reducing any discomfort that might arise during anal play. Its analgesic properties can help calm the nerves, making the whole experience more enjoyable and stress-free. Remember, communication and consent are key when exploring any new territory, especially when it comes to anal play. But with cannabis by your side, you can embark on a journey of pleasure, intimacy, and exploration like never before. So my dearest listeners, grab your favorite cannabis-infused lubricant, sprinkle a dash of curiosity, and go forth and have your own anal adventures. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced explorer, cannabis has something extraordinary to offer for every lover of anal pleasure. Now, thank you, Tristan, so much for sharing all of your great information. Please tell these wonderful people how they can find your work online, on social media, and your website. Yeah. So my website is tristanterramino.com. Um, you're just going to have to Google it. I know it's complicated and it's, <laughs> there's like a spelling issue, but trust me, Google knows me. So just start trying to spell it and it'll, it'll get you there. Um, I'm also at Tristan Terramino on Instagram and Twitter and dipping my toe in TikTok. Um, I, I'm most active on Instagram. So that's where to find me, you know, posting a bunch of stuff, which could be anything from 
a workshop, to an event I went to, to cute pictures of my dogs. (laughs) And they are very cute. (laughs) And if you missed any of this information, just go to thesexylifestyle.com where every guest has their own guest page with all of their information. You can even contact them there if you have questions about their work. Wow. Another great show and another amazing guest. Tristan Taramino, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. And a special thanks to you for listening week in and week out. As a reminder, you can find me on Instagram at Canisexual or my website, Canisexual.com. Tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure, and all of the fun ways to spice up your life. That's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, I'm Ashley Manta, sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.